Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. In Hebrews 11.30, we read, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. That short sentence encapsulates a great story that you can find in the sixth chapter of Joshua. It's a story of the victory God has promised for the church and God has promised for you. It's a story you need to hear today. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles open, you maybe have turned back to Joshua chapter 6 because that's where the full detailed account is of the battle that took place in Jericho. It's an account of the victory of faith. I want you for a moment to imagine that you are standing before these towering walls of Jericho. This walled-in city is likely the most formidable fortress that you and the people of Israel are going to face throughout all the time of your conquest of Canaan. You've come to it after having been a part of a generation of people who only 40 years ago or so were a group of slaves. And your generation before you has wandered in the wilderness, and now out of the wilderness, God has brought you to this place where you're standing before, you might say, the outskirts of the Canaanite empire. This city of Jericho actually guards all of the major passageways from the point where you're at into the rest of Canaan. And so you can imagine it was a massive city with massive walls, and you're standing before it, and you have walked around this city one time every day for the last six days. You've walked around it following the ark. In front of the ark have been the soldiers of the army that have armor on, and they have swords, and you're a part of the army that hasn't yet been outfitted with armor, and so you're behind the ark, and you're following behind it. And by the way, your people don't have the ability to forge armor. They don't have the ability to forge weapons. And so all the weapons that you do have have happened because prior to this time, God has led you into a series of smaller battles in which you've overtaken enemies, which he gave you, and you've been able to retrieve in that way some of their armor. And maybe some of it is older armor that you were able to loot when some of you left Egypt or your family and your ancestors left Egypt in the past, but you are not outfitted as an army. And so those who have arms walk before the ark. Then in front of the ark are seven priests that blow a trumpet to call you to this march. And then those in the army that don't have military equipment yet are walking behind you, one of those. Silently, you walk around the city of Jericho once, a day for six days. Now you're standing before this great wall and behind the ark on the seventh day, and you have just silently walked around the city seven times in silence. As you marched around it, you were taking a full measure of the formidable nature of the fortress in front of you. The walls are so wide that actually two chariots are likely capable of going side by side all the way around it. It's huge. It's massive. From it, there are chariots that do a circuit around it and men who stand on it peering down upon you every single day as you're marching around it. You know as you go around it each time, there's one thing you're thoroughly aware of. There is no way that you're ever going to conquer that fortress in your own power. 
as you march around it as well, you may be reminded of the fact that your ancestors for the last 40 years have been wandering in the wilderness. And all of their wandering, God has changed it, and now God has called you, and you're obediently just walking around this massive city in utter silence. You don't say a word. You've been commanded not to say a word. And now you stand before it after having done this over and over again these seven days, and now seven times on this last day, and then seven ram's trumpets begin to blow. And as they're blowing, you prepare yourself. And once they stop blowing, you hear a command to shout. And you shout. And everyone around you begins to shout. And as you're shouting and crying out, the ground beneath you begins to shake. Or at least the walls begin to shake. And you begin to see, being thrown off from the top of the walls, the chariots and the people have been watching you. And they're flying through the air. And the next thing you see is you see rocks and stones and the very... Stones that hold these walls together begin to fly apart as well. And the walls come crumbling down. And they don't just come crumbling down in one place or one locality, but the whole circumference of these walls begin to lay aside and fall down. And they land with a mighty thud. And now you really shout. Now you really shout. Actually, a generation before, your people had come to the same opportunity. God had called them 40 years before to go into this place. They determined to send spies in to check out the land before they went in. The spies went in, said that it was a tremendously rich place that God had promised to give you or your people. But at the same time, they came back with a report that the cities were massive and they had walls that were fortified up to the sky. And everyone was so afraid that they refused to go in. And you're aware at this moment when you're triumphing in, and you're experiencing this great triumph that this triumph and this experience could have been your father's experience if they had only believed, if they had only gone in. Forty years of wandering that may not have happened if they had gone in and they had believed, they could be experiencing what you're experiencing. Victory, triumphant, victorious faith. That's the picture, that's what's happening, that's what's being relayed to in this passage that we're reading right now. Now, let's look at it in a number of different ways, but the first thing I want you to see here is that this victory is a picture of what the Lord Jesus has promised to the church. It's a picture of what the Lord Jesus has promised to the church. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, the Lord Jesus made this boast or this prophecy or this proclamation. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it in those days powerful empires established themselves in major fortified cities from which they carried out and they built and they expressed their strength and the power and these cities were surrounded by massive walls and at different parts of the city in these walls were portalways or gateways in which the people could come and go from the city. And these gates were tremendously ornate. And off of these gateways were great chambers. And it was actually in these chambers that the governors of the cities, these cities would meet. And they would deliberate. And they would carry out their governance over their city and over their state and over the empire they built. And so the gate, the gates of these empires was an expression of these massive cities, and also an expression of the governance of those cities from those places, these empires. And what the Lord Jesus is promising here is that the church will conquer 
over Satan's kingdom, that he has established his own fortress and his own domain. It's an evil domain, and it's a fortress of evil that guards the routes, you might weigh, and the passageways that we're to go to fulfill our command from our king, which is to proclaim the gospel to all nations and in every place. And Satan in all these places stands in the way, impeding our way. It's, his Jericho is there. His gate is there, guarding and blocking the way. And Jesus said, it won't prevail against you. Those gates are going to crumble. You're going to pass through them, and you're going to gain access into every place that I've decreed and I've determined that my gospel will go. And the Bible has promised, by the way, that this gospel will be brought, preached in all places, in all the world, before the end comes, before the Lord returns. I'm going to fulfill my mandate through you. The gates of hell are not going to be able to resist you. And You think about this. When the Lord Jesus said that, the power that was enforced in the world was Rome. And Rome was this tremendous militant power that was seething with idolatry. It was putrefying in its own slavery in the way that it treated humanity as chattel. Its form of primary entertainment was the brutal gladiatorial sport that cheapened life and slayed people at a moment. It had rampant sexual immorality that was permeating its society. And yet all of this was held together and sustained by a massive, unified military might that had conquered all the nations around it. And the Lord Jesus has commanded that his disciples should go into all of that world, take hold of that kingdom to proclaim his kingdom. And they were to do it with a message that the world was not willing to receive. They were to do it by proclaiming a crucified one who had risen from the dead. You can imagine the thought that might have entered their mind, although I, did, I don't really think it did. How are we ever going to fulfill that task? How are we ever going to accomplish that task? Well, Jesus is promising that the church is going to rise in such a way, with such power, that in this way, even in its meekness and its humility and the humility of those that Christ has chosen that it's going to overcome this power and the walls and the gates of Rome are going to crash before them and what's going to remain is the church triumphant look at history amazingly amazingly that's what happened the church triumphed and prevailed it was Christ's promise to the church and it and it's happened over and over and over again since then don't you ever get in a situation where you think that somehow a nation is so steeped in its own darkness or people have sustained for such a long time a resistance against the movement and message of Christ through his church that he will never prevail in that place. Christ brings down Jericho still today and the gospel is still today on the march. We may not always see in our lives the outcome of that work, but it's happening today in Muslim lands, and Buddhist lands, and Hindu lands, and lands that have long been cast in the darkness of spiritual animism, those walls are crumbling and the gospel is advancing still. I think of stories that come to mind when I was a little boy of missionaries who would come and tell us of the darkness that swept over whole regions of Africa, of men who sought to bring the gospel to certain places and there was such a stronghold of demonic forces that literally they were physically repelled from territorially entering into certain places. And they prayed and they prevailed with God. 
and they tried again and again, and it was literally as if they were physically propelled from these places and these villages that were so cast in demonic darkness. But then the day came when the door was opened by the Spirit of God, and they went to those places, and men heard the gospel, and men believed and received him. And I told you just a few weeks ago, I was in Indonesia, Borneo. The man of Borneo was the wild man of Borneo. They were cannibals, and they were known for the ruthlessness, and everyone feared the men of Borneo, and there was actually a major leader of a major revolt that took place in Borneo who led a, like a, a great exercise in annihilating and killing people and of devouring them and cannibalizing them, and this man was arrested by the government of Indonesia, and he actually was sentenced to death, and he was put to death, but before he died, this evil man said, that he understood in his mind that there was coming to their people a white man that would come and tell them the way, the true way that they were supposed to live because they'd been living in darkness. And shortly after that, missionaries began to arrive, going and going into these different villages. The people, these wild men of Borneo, began to almost, by God's power, fold and collapse in faith before the Savior and come to Him amazing account but it's actually if you study history it's not unusual that God does this it's Christ's promise to the church the walls of Jericho will fall and here's an application for you. that work is promised to the church weak as it is like Israel before what seems to be insurmountable odds God has promised us victory God now asks us to trust him and obey You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.